Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is November 29th. Today we're going to continue in Doctrine and Covenants section 137. Now, if you'll remember, this is a revelation that he received with several leaders and with his own father after he had received a blessing from his father. Now, I also think it's important to note that this revelation came two years before the revelation that we now have in Doctrine and Covenants section 76, which is the famed section about Joseph's vision of the three degrees of glory. So really, this is, as far as we know, or as far as is written down, the first revelation or vision that Joseph has of the celestial kingdom. We talked yesterday about how Joseph described that kingdom, but now let's take a look at some other things that he saw there. Starting in verse 5, it says, I saw Father Adam and Abraham, and my father and my mother, and my brother Alvin, that has long since slept and marveled at how it was that he had obtained an inheritance in that kingdom, seeing that he had departed this life before the Lord had set his hand to gather Israel the second time, and had not been baptized for the remission of sins. And thus came the voice of the Lord unto me, saying, All who have died without knowledge of this gospel, who would have received it, if they had been permitted to tarry, shall be heirs of the celestial kingdom of God. Also, all that die henceforth without a knowledge of it, who would have received it with all their hearts, shall be heirs to that kingdom. Now, first of all, I just want to take a second and recognize how much comfort would have come to Joseph and also to Joseph's parents in this doctrine here. It's interesting, when Alvin passed away, it was before Joseph had received the plates, and Alvin was one of Joseph's most firm supporters. He was one of the first people to believe Joseph, and on his deathbed, he told Joseph to do whatever was necessary to get the plates and to keep the plates safe. But what's interesting is after Alvin had passed away, at his funeral, there was a reverend who was preaching. And as part of his sermon, he indicated that Alvin had gone to hell because Alvin wasn't a member of the church and Alvin had never been baptized. Can you imagine you're grieving your son who was taken from you quickly? Most historians now believe that it's possible that he had a ruptured appendix and that's what killed him. But it's not like he was sick for years and years and years and they had time to get used to this. He was perfectly healthy one day and then really sick. And so he dies suddenly. And they're still just reeling in this and grieving this. And then they go to his funeral where they expect to be comforted with some sort of peace in the doctrine of Christ. And yet the minister stands up there and he says, most likely he's in hell because he was never baptized. Imagine the pain and the sorrow and how difficult that must have been. And then for years after that experience, to just not know, to not know what happened to Alvin, to not know where he was, to not know if you would see him again. And so here in this vision, for Joseph to see Abraham and Adam and his own mother and father, and to see Alvin, and to be reassured that because Alvin would have accepted the gospel fervently and with joy in this life, that he would receive it and have that opportunity for exaltation in the life to come. Just how much peace that would have brought. 
both to Joseph and to Joseph's parents. I think it's kind of interesting, though, because this revelation came years before Joseph would eventually see the full picture of how this would come to pass. It's a perfect example of how our Father in Heaven reveals things to us, line upon line and piece by piece, in his own timing. Alvin had passed away seven years before this revelation was received. And even though the Lord probably could have shown Joseph Smith this revelation or this vision earlier, he had a timing and a time to teach him these things. And oftentimes I feel like we try to rush the wisdom of God and we try to rush his understanding when he's trying to teach us step by step and piece by piece. This vision, this revelation isn't even the full picture. This vision came six years before God would eventually reveal vicarious work for the dead, which is part of how this exaltation for those who have passed happens. It's interesting, Joseph says that he has this vision, and in the vision he sees Adam and Abraham and his mother and his father and Alvin. Well, this isn't a real-time vision. It's not like Alvin's like, this is happening right now, high from the other side. That's not what's going on, because Joseph Smith Sr. and Lucy Mack Smith were still alive. This was a vision of what could happen or of what could be, but there was still more to it. Alvin wasn't saved just because he would have believed. Joseph is receiving this reassurance that he would be exalted because he had the disposition to accept the gospel. Alma chapter 34 verse 34 teaches us that that same spirit which doth possess your bodies at the time that ye go out of this life is the same spirit that will have power to possess your bodies in that eternal world. And when Alvin passed away, he had this disposition of belief. He had this heart of faith that was naturally inclined to believe Joseph and to believe the gospel. Now, he didn't have the opportunity to make covenants and receive ordinances in this life, but that was the next step that would be revealed after the Kirtland Temple dedication, six years later, this revelation of vicarious work for the dead that would eventually allow Alvin to accept the work on the other side and to receive exaltation. Oftentimes, critics of the church think that we are trying to force people into Mormonism through vicarious work for the dead, which couldn't be farther from the truth. Vicarious work for the dead is like putting someone's name on a list to get into a party. That doesn't force them to go to the party. It just says that if they choose to go to the party, they're allowed to be there. But here, Joseph is receiving this assurance that Alvin had that disposition to accept the gospel, the disposition to believe, and that when vicarious work for the dead would eventually be revealed, he would receive the gospel and receive that work on the other side. The other thing that I love about these verses is what it teaches us about the nature of God and his mercy. God doesn't intend to exalt only a few of his children. He wants to give that gift to all of his children, and through his plan of mercy, he has the opportunity to exalt all his children. Elder Maxwell once said, This soaring promise, fulfilled in part by vicarious ordinances in holy temples, applies to many millions of souls, such as those who lived in the Middle Ages, out of reach of the Restoration. In God's mercy, there is a plan for all and a place for each. In fact, in the vision that Joseph's going to see in two years of the three degrees of glory, part of the vision of the celestial kingdom is innumerable companies of angels, innumerable amounts of people in the celestial kingdom. 
That must have been such a surprising doctrine to Joseph because churches at the time and even churches today kind of preach this exclusive salvation. Catholics believe that only Catholics can be saved. Evangelicals believe that evangelicals will be saved. Yet this doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, is that God wants to save and exalt every single one of his children based on their agency to choose his plan. There's an old story. I wish I could tell you which apostle this happened to, but I just cannot remember for the life of me. And if you know where this story is, let me know and tell me who this was. But in this story, this apostle is on a plane and he's sitting next to someone and they start talking about what they do for a living. And when the apostle said, oh, I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the man next to him says, oh, I know you guys. You're the ones who believe that only Mormons can be saved. And the apostle looked at him and he said, no, that's not right. We believe that everyone can be saved, except for maybe a few Mormons. God's plan is a plan for all his children. It is inclusive and it is merciful and it centers around the vicarious work of Jesus Christ himself. President Oaks once said, Under the merciful plan of the Father, all is possible through the atonement of the only begotten, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My friends, I testify that our Father in heaven has a plan for his children, and that as we use our agency to choose him and to choose his plan, he will make sure that our life and our eternal life is filled with the maximum amount of joy and peace possible. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.